0: Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie.
1: And I'm Art. We're the hosts of the Places Where We Go podcast. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure.
0: Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places in our own local backyard. Wherever we go... We'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures.
1: This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for joining for another episode of the Places Where We Go. Today, we're heading back to the UK and we're going to be venturing into England.
0: That's our first step into England. Mm-hmm. So we will be going over the Bristol Channel, basically right across from where we were when we were in Barry, at Barry Island. Of course, we didn't swim the Bristol Channel. We decided to no, we take took another a, means of transportation. We took a choo-choo train. Yes.
1: The town that we're going to talk about today is in England. It's in the Somerset area, and the town is called Watchet, W-A-T-C-H-E-T. Probably not on a lot of people's lists for destinations, but we're going to tell you a little bit about it and then you can make a decision if it's a place that you'd like to go to. And why is it that we went there, Julie?
0: Well, we had been on a journey for, um, ancestral towns and cities that were from my side of the family and watch it was one of the places where, uh, some of my raglan people came over from, Wales. Uh, reason they came over, I really don't know. I had read somewhere that a lot of people left Wales near the Bristol Channel due to um, acts of piracy. Hmm. So they were trying to escape the pirates. Couldn't tell you exactly why my people left, no. because some of them actually stayed. So there was some that still stayed in the Wales, Glamorgan Vale area, and then some that went over Bristol Channel to Watch It.
1: So, you had mentioned when we were planning this trip that you knew of a specific ancestral connection that had a tie to St. Decuman's Church, which is in Watch It. So, because of that, this town made it on our itinerary. And as we planned our trip, you know, we tried to get a sense of, you know, how much time might we be able to fill here with our main destination was going to be St. Decuman's Church but it actually turned out to be, you know, a good, probably a good half day visit yes to to watch it
0: yes and well worth it yeah i thought it was a very quaint old town it was right in a harbor so there was a time where it was very bustling and mm-hmm. many things were happening so it had a lot of history to it
1: yeah if you listened to the last episode that we had on our travels to Cardiff the last place we spoke about was Barry Island. And if you were sitting on Barry Island in Wales, overlooking the Bristol Channel, if you had a really, really strong arm and could throw something probably all the way across the Bristol Channel to the other side.
0: You'd have to be Hercules for that.
1: Yeah, no, you can't do that. But, <laughs> but basically, you know, straight across the other side, almost, you'd be somewhere close to this Watch it area. So, you know, right across the Bristol Channel.
0: Yeah. So it is a seaport town but it has over a thousand years of history to it. Very small, very small population.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and we're talking small, we're talking less than 4,000 people. Yes,
0: yeah. it's 15 miles northwest of Taunton, which is actually where we had gotten off the train mm-hmm. at that point yeah. and transferred to a bus to get to watch it.
1: One of the things I learned about the name of watch It, there's some callish and gaulish old words that historians believe the name Watchit comes from so in the gaulish language there would have been a word called vo which translates to under the wood and historians think that this interpretation recalls that about a thousand years ago the high ground around the Watchet area of today would have been heavily wooded so the old translation in the old language would have meant the, the lower wood, and today we, we have the word watch it.
0: There's also another, probably more a um, tale of watch it. The word watch it appears in poetry, and it is used to describe a blue-tinged color, having its oranges from the Old French.
1: And Chaucer used that in his Canterbury Tales where mm. one of the lines in that writing, Ye lad, he was full, small, and properly all in a kirtle of light watch it.
0: <laughs> Which would refer to the color.
1: Yeah, not the town. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and then that word also appears in works by Shakespeare, Lily, Candon, and several other writers. But today we're talking about the city.
0: Yes, so uh, there's no real, absolute, verified story of why the town is called Watch It. Yeah. But there's some fun... Facts to it.
1: Evolved over the years. Yes. All right. So you alluded to a little bit about how we got there. and Maybe we can talk about how somebody can get to watch it because it is kind of a somewhat remote area. Mm -hmm. So the closest, largest town or larger town is Taunton. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting to Taunton on a train from Cardiff. Right. But you can get to Taunton depending on where you are in the UK. If you're in London or any other large area, you can, you can get there. And then once you get to Taunton, you've got a couple of options. We took a bus, and it was bus 28. So there's a bus at Taunton that goes to the Minehead area, leaves about every single half hour on on weekdays, About a 45-minute ride will get you to watch it. And if you stayed on the bus a little bit longer, it'll actually take you further out. Your other option would be from Taunton. I think you would have to have a short bus ride to a place called Bishop's Littered. Mm -hmm. And at Bishop's Littered, you can actually hop on a historic train that'll take you to watch it. And we'll we'll talk about that train a little bit later in this podcast. On bus about 45 minutes outside of Taunton. And if you take that bus, you're going to go through countryside, kind Lots of pastoral. Of farmland.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of neat to see that more kind of countryside mm-hmm. of, of England. And once we got to watch it, you know, we came up with, you know, several things to do. So we're going to take you through our top 10 things to do if you go to watch it England. So let's start with, I guess, number one.
0: Let's start. We just got off the bus, and it's the first thing we ran into. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about yeah, the so memorial. Yeah,
1: so a few steps from where either the bus will let you off or the train, whichever way you get there, you pretty much get let off at the same place. You make your way toward the Esplanade, and the first thing you're going to come across are a couple of memorials. There's a war memorial and a Saint Decumens mosaic. So the war memorial. This actually just got erected not that long ago in the year 2014, and this is to commemorate local residents who perished in World War One and World War Two. So you've mm-hmm. got 42 names on the plaque from World War I, 16 from World War Two. At the base of the memorial is an inscription in the cement that says, "Tell them of us," which is you know aptly placed for this type of memorial. Mm-hmm. This memorial is located right next to a library that's on the Esplanade, and close by to it is this mosaic that's kind of a tribute to St. Uh It's a pebble mosaic, and there's a pebble mosaic that commemorates a blood-curdling episode in Watch It History.
0: Oh my.
1: Yeah, so watch this. In the late 7th century, the Welsh Saint, Decuman came across the channel in a skin boat bringing the faith to the Saxons of the town beneath the wood, which is now known as Watch It. And the legend was depicted in pebbles by the artist Maggie Howart using pebbles of appropriate colors, red jasper pebbles for the blood streaming from his severed head, slate for his sword. And the story that accompanies the mosaic said that all went well until for some reason disharmony broke out and his head was cut off. But Being a saint, he simply bathed his wounds, replaced his head, returned to Wales to do good works. And his feast day is celebrated on August 27th. So that's the... the. So
0: Saint Decamon, he was a monk. He was a Welsh monk. Mm. And it's also said he came over with a cow.
1: Which I think is also depicted in some way on this yeah, mosaic. right. So that's the first thing that you're going to come across when you uh, head toward the Esplanade and watch it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's a, it's a nice little memorial, and I like the juxtapose of the war memorial next mm. to the St. Saint Dukeman's Saints Memorial. Mm-hmm. Number two on our list is the Watch It Boat Museum. We spent um, about an hour in there. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, even though it was very tiny. When you first enter in, there's a tour guide area for, for tourists to come in, so they have some information there if you're looking for any tourist information also. But there's next to that in the next room is a little museum that has the history of the flattener boats that are famous for around Bristol Channel. And the reason that they're famous is they don't even make them anymore. They're they're not even ex- in existence. And they were used for going out into the channel when the tides were low because they would recede so far that there was this vast amount of mud and there wasn't much space of water And the bottom, so they had to have boats that were very flat so they could actually row over it and not get stuck in the mud. So that's the history of the flattener boats. And they had examples of them Mm -hmm. in the museum and with little plackets on it. And they'd have explanations um, about what they were used for. There's a little children's section too. So if you have children, it's perfect because you can send them off and they have little hands-on exhibits for the kids. It's at the top of uh, Swain Street right next to the railway. It's the first building on the right when you enter the town, so you can't miss it. I mean, yeah. I remember when we came in, I saw that immediately. Yeah, it's pretty
1: much right next to yeah. where the train lets off. Right the next bus. to yeah. the
0: train. And the reason it's right next to the train, because it was actually an old goods shed in the beginning. Hmm. So they would train would come in, bring in goods, and they would store them in this building. And it's old; it's a quite ancient building, which is what I love about a lot of these towns in England. Is they kept their history, and all these places that we're talking about now are part of what the, the Esplanade is part of Old Town. So it's a really neat place yeah. to just walk around.
1: So this museum, while wall- It is very small, like you said. They have the largest collection of Somerset flatteners in the world. So if you're into maritime history, Mm -hmm. if you're into boats, yeah, this would be kind of a neat thing to see.
0: And admission is free. Yay. So that's always a nice thing. Yeah. So when you enter in through the the museum's little gift shop area Mm -hmm. and They, very friendly people, and you just turn right into this little museum area. And there's an upstairs, they have little models of the flattener boats in an upstairs area Mm -hmm. also.
1: Yeah, so when we were going through the boat museum, one of the things that we had our eyes open for, and in fact, I'm throughout the whole town of Watch It, given that your people were in the area in around the 1600s, we were looking for references to things that went back that far. We didn't come across any of that in the boat museum. So, uh, you know, we kind of kept our eyes open as we went through our further exploration of Watch It. So number three on our list is the Esplanade. So this is the kind of the walkway that is adjacent to the marina you've got a couple of things there you've got a few statues that are of interest actually you know, one of the first things that you're going to come across that if you're visiting watch it you probably want to take a look at is when you enter the main street of the esplanade area there is posted a map of watch landmarks and what they call the watch it heritage trail and that shows 13 stops that you can visit during your time and watch it. Again, this place is so small, you could probably check them all off easily in the course of one day. But on the Esplanade, you're gonna find two statues that I think are worthwhile to take some photos of. They're kind of neat to uh take a look at, and they've got a nice kind of, you know, that, that seaside tradition is depicted through them. The first statue is called the John Yankee Jack Short Monument. So Yankee Jack was a blockade runner during the American Civil War. He was known as Yankee Jack. And he's credited with writing the song Shenandoah. That's a you know, classic tune, mm-hmm. a great song. And there's a memorial plaque on his cottage on Market Street watch it. Yankee Jack was a real mariner. His actual name was John Short. And he was noted for an amazing singing voice, it was attributed to him that many of the best loved sea songs were preserved and uh he was noted as one of the last of the shanty men who sang for fellow sailors giving them the rhythms for turning the capstan and hoisting the sails and we'll, we'll talk about it later in one of the museums that you'll come across in watch it you can actually if you're if you're so inclined they sell CDs of the old shanty songs that would have been sung by Yankee Jack.
0: Yeah, uh, Yankee Jack had a nice long life, didn't he? Wasn't he like 94?
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think he was very well known in the town, and he had a very long life. He lived till 94. Mm-hmm. And when he died, that's when people began to memorialize him yeah. and everything that he did.
1: Yeah. So a n- nice statue in tribute to him. Mm-hmm. The second statue that you're going to come across on the Esplanade is one called the Ancient Mariner. So this particular statue was commissioned... Also kind of fairly recently in 2002 by the Watchit Market House Museum Society. And uh, it's in tribute to the author Samuel Taylor Coleridge. And he wrote a poem. It's a four-part poem called The Rime of the Ancient Mariner. On seeing the harbor, he was inspired to compose this particular poem. It is claimed that the site of the harbor from St. Decuman's Church was his inspiration to start this poem.
0: Yeah, and it's right by the harbor. Yeah. So you're sitting there, you're looking at the statue, and you're also looking out over the harbor, which is very impressive. I was really impressed by it. Yeah. You could see the ancient structures that compose the harbor. Mm-hmm. And some of them were, you could tell, were really old. It was very, it's really impressive. Yeah.
1: It'd be kind of neat if you are planning a trip to watch it. The thing I would recommend is actually, you know, take a read of the rhyme of the ancient mariner you can find the text online i actually um, went through a bit of it myself you can probably get through it on your train ride over your bus ride over it's it's fairly quick and it tells the the tale of three young men who walk together to a wedding One of them is detained by a grizzled old sailor. The young wedding guest angrily demands that the mariner let go of him and the mariner obeys. But the young man is transfixed by the ancient mariner's glittering eye and can do nothing but sit on a stone and listen to his strange tale. And you're going to have to read the poem to learn about the rest of the tale. Again, it's a fairly quick read. And uh, if you soak that up, you'll have a connection to when you actually see that statue.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I should have done that. Number four on the list is Fossil Beach. We did walk down uh, to the beach area. There's the marina, and then on each side of the marina, there are beach areas. There's some sandy areas, and then there's some areas that are very, very rocky.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We did go down to the sandy area, and it was full of rocks.
1: Yeah, so when we were there, I don't think we knew that it was you know, labeled Fossil yeah, Beach. Yeah, we, we didn't know. But... Yeah, like you said, there's a ton of rocks, and yeah. when there's rocks around, it's like, there's, those are a magnet to Julie.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. And, um, so I had fun. I had a good time walking around looking at the different rocks in the area, and, and, um, on the other side of the harbor is a very, very rocky area, and you actually access that part of, which is actually more of what, People consider fossil, fossil beach. beach. Yeah. You access it by crossing over the railroad tracks. Now we had started going in that direction mm-hmm. at one point mm-hmm. and we walked a little bit and we were just, we were walking by some homes that were situated right on the coast of that rocky area. And then we turned around and walked back. If we had gone further, we would have hit this really rocky area. That has the tides are you have to be careful because you got to make sure you know what the tide situation is. Mm-hmm. But when the tides are low, you can actually go walking out onto these rocks. And in these rocks, they're ancient, ancient rocks. And this is where they have found some pretty amazing fossils mm-hmm. dating back hundreds of hundreds millions, of years. Of, millions yeah. of years. I mean, it's just amazing. They also have a lot of. Sea life, you know, sea creatures when the Mm -hmm. tide goes down. So that's kind of fun, too. One of the things that you want to be considerate of is that if you go in and you just start haplessly collecting things, then you kind of upset the nature of what this beach is about. Mm -hmm. So when you go in, make sure that you go in They don't mind if you take something, you know, as a souvenir, but not to go in and just take bags of stuff and walk away from the area.
1: Yeah, and they do recommend that if you come across a particularly large fossil, that that should be left for for people to to see see and enjoy. And that if you have any unusual finds, that those get reported to the local museum of Somerset, which is in Taunton. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's an area, as you keep walking, that has some steps that lead down into this very rocky area, um, and it's called Splash Point. And then you just follow that path down to Hellwell Bay, where there's a car park. Hmm. So you can actually, you know, you come out in this car park, and then you can go and walk through a field and get to this, this rocky area. There is a major fault line in this area, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. It's called the Watch It Fault.
1: You better watch it when you're there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This area, this coastal area, has these red and green striped rocks that are called the Mercia mudstones, and they date back ancient, ancient time where the area was actually considered a desert area, which I thought was interesting, too. It is interesting. Near the hot equator... And it, the area was sil- similar to what the Sahara is today. So very interesting history there. It dates back 200 million years ago. And the sea level rose and, watch, it became submerged in these, these areas um, by the sea. And this is when you got all the sea life coming mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. And this is where these fossils come from. All right. so, interesting
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we enjoyed the time on the beach, which is where we went to the beach is very close to what's number five on our list, which is the Market House Museum. You've got a few museums in town, and this is probably next to the boat Museum, probably one of the most notable museums. Again, fairly small.
0: Very small. But packed with stuff.
1: Um, So it's in a building that was constructed itself in 1820, but the property didn't get converted into a museum until 1979. So in the Market House Museum, you've got, as you mentioned, you know, it's a small space, but a lot of artifacts about the the village of Watchet. Also in there is the Holy Cross Chapel and the original town jail. Mm -hmm. But they have lots of photographs from the last century to the present. All kinds of displays about the maritime life, history of Viking invasions, information about the famous Mineral Line Railway that kind of propelled the economy of this area, probably from the late 1800s through the 20th century. Probably the thing that I remember most about our time in this museum is this fossil that they had there. So mm-hmm. there was um, there was a fossil ammonite, it's called, and this was from the Jurassic period, and it was dated 145 million years old. This specimen was found locally at Hellwell Bay. It's kind of a, a snail-looking-like shell, mm-hmm. but fairly large. Um, I would say at least a foot in diameter, oh, more, right? More. And if not slightly more, think, right? Yeah. And these ammonites went extinct around the same time as the dinosaurs, but they did find this incredible specimen of a fossil, which you can Mm -hmm. see when you visit the museum.
0: It's amazing.
1: Yeah. They have also got, um, if you like to read about places that you travel, a pretty nice selection of books on Watch It History, on the Exmoor area. And again, you can buy a copy of The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner there as well. We spent probably no more than an hour there, so you can get through the museum fairly quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An hour will, will definitely do it justice. And I would you know, recommend when you're in, watch it, you know, do uh, take advantage of this museum. And just like the Boat Museum, the good news is the admission is free.
0: Number six, the reason that we actually chose Watch It to go and visit was St. Ducomen's Church. The church is not down near the harbor area. It's actually up on a hill Mm -hmm. and when i say hill it's it's not a steep climb but it's a little it's it was a good 15 minute walk from where we started and it
1: was uphill to get there
0: it was uphill yeah and um the weather was a little bit warm so i felt you know we did exert ourselves a little bit Mm -hmm. so um have really good walking shoes if you decide to take this trail up to saint dukeman's church it's well worth the visit
1: if you are going to walk there, I think the thing to note is you know you don't want to walk on the side of the road because the roads are narrow and there really isn't room for walking. You do want to find the proper trail. And it's kind of at the beginning of – I kind of think about the beginning of the town, close to where the boat museum is.
0: Yeah, you're actually coming off that main road. Yeah. So in that trail, is you actually step onto the main road and kind of – Turn right and then make another right onto the trail. It's mm-hmm. it's well-marked. I mean, I we saw it. Once we found it. Ch- it. Once we found it, yeah. we had a little bit of a, a search for the trail. Yeah,
1: but then you had the brilliant idea of, hey, maybe we should look at the map that we picked up at the museum, and I think that's what actually led us to where the trail had started. And we weren't started. far from
0: it at that point, yeah. too. So we found the path. It was a very nice path to walk on because on each side of the path, you either saw pastures, we saw horses, there was berries to eat on the yeah, side. We munched
1: on some berries. Yes.
0: It was it was a nice path to walk. It was it was a relaxing path. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure how long we were gonna be on it. Um so that was that anticipation of every time we passed or oh. turned a corner or something that we'd see the church. Yeah. So we did end up at the church. We knew immediately that this was Saint Dukemans because of this the ancient look that it had. And I had actually seen pictures of Mm -hmm. it before we got there. It has a pretty extensive graveyard. The graveyard is all around the church. And then there's a second section. There's a small wall and then a second section beyond that. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty extensive.
1: And that probably consumed most of the time that we visited there, kind of looking at the gravestones. And again, we were looking for... Was there anything dating back as far as from when your people were in the area? Yeah,
0: and we couldn't find anything that predated.
1: Kind of early 1800s. The early 1800s. Yeah.
0: So I'm assuming that the stones that had washed away or you couldn't see anything mm-hmm. were probably the older stones yep. that uh, we couldn't see dates on. Yeah. I know the Raglins, who is my family history were buried there because i have burial records of them being there Mm -hmm. uh, buried at saint dukeman's the church itself when we arrived was locked Um, nobody was there so it was closed Um, i have to say that was a little disappointing because most of the time um, on the website it says it's open for visitors
1: yeah you know what so i don't know if if we might have made an error here so I i remember we tried to open the door and it didn't come open it was later in some other city in england that we went to where we came across another church and i just i remember to get inside i had to give a really really hard yank on the door and so part of me was wondering did we just not pull on the door hard enough or was it really locked you know i don't know
0: yeah i don't know because would they just leave it open without anybody watching there's some pretty ancient stuff in the church yeah. i mean it dates all the way back to the 12th century Yeah,
1: they had security cameras on the outside and i yeah. imagine they would have on the inside too but I, mm-hmm. I think that leads us to a tip that we would give is if you're going to the area and if you do want to visit the church probably a good idea to contact somebody at the church from contact information you can find on the website in advance Mm -hmm. just to make sure that you can get inside if you do actually want to you know visit inside the church
0: right so just a a wee bit of history Mm -hmm. for those that want to hear it my first ancestor that that came over is sir john lewis raglan and he was born in uh, glamorgan vale and in a town within within that area in 1535 But he died in the parish of St. Ducamon in in 1605. So he's the first one that came over from Wales. His son was Thomas I. Raglan, uh, who was married to Marie Ingram. And then his son was Thomas R. Raglan, who was married to Jane Morgan. Jane Morgan is the connection to Berry Island. Mm -hmm. So I have uh, all this history there through the Raglan family. All in that one little area. So it was quite a immense pleasure for me to be there, where I knew that my ancestors had come from. Yeah,
1: that's like the oldest part of your line that you know about. When you, when yeah. we think about like your mom and your dad and what we know about their history and the furthest ancestral lineage that's traced back is this area. So mm-hmm. that was really neat to be able to walk the area where where these people came from.
0: Yeah. It was great. It is an Anglican church. Today. Today. I'm not sure the history of it uh, prior to the Reformation. I'm going to believe it was an Anglican church even before the Reformation. I think it has a very long history of Anglican. And there is the legend that St. Dukemin's bones, it is believed his bones were in the original church that was in a town next to Watchet. And that it was a coastal town, and that church where his bones were buried had fallen to ruins due to sea erosion. So they let that church go to ruins and they built Saint ducamens, where they the legend is that his bones were there. Mm-hmm. It's also where the Holy well is. so in a little path, very right there at Saint. Ducamen's, is the Holy well. Which is where they say St. um had brought his head to be washed. He washed his head off and replaced it. Ah. Mm-hmm. The Holy Well was actually there even prior to St. Ducumon. That's the legend anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: But nobody had used it prior to wash their severed head off. No, before. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> so, so if you're in and if you happen to lose your head, <laughs> you may want to go to the well and... Uh, Give it a nice washing here, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there is an old part of the church called the chancel, and that's the one that actually, that part of the church Mm -hmm. actually actually dates back to the 12th century. Okay. And after that, there has been parts of the church that have been built as late as the 16th century. So it's, you know, no matter how you look at it, it's very old.
1: Yeah. There's also within the church what they call the Wyndham Chapel, which is dedicated to the Wyndham family. And so back in the late 1500s to earlier 1600s, Sir John Wyndham played an important role in the establishment of defense organization in this West country against the threat of the Spanish Armada. So you've got some monuments in there to him, to his grandparents, I believe as well, and some extensions of that family. And in more modern times, I believe it's a descendant of the Wyndham Lion, presented an organ to the church in 1933. So it sounds like there's some cool stuff to see inside. Cool stuff, Again, yeah. unfortunate for us that mm-hmm. we couldn't get the doors open and we couldn't we didn't see anybody around the ground. So yeah. we spend the majority of our time just kind of looking at the the gravesites there, yeah. the gravestones,
0: which was satisfying to me too. I mean, it, it's not that I it was disappointing not to get inside, but just to be there and to kind of wander the grounds. Mm-hmm. Was okay for me. And they had that ancient cross there that was still original Mm. to, I believe, the 12th century. So, you know, we saw that there was a original door um, that we we have a picture of it. Yeah. That it was still there from the 12th century. So there were some very old things that we saw even on the outside of the church. Yeah.
1: Got lots of photos of the outside mm-hmm. area of the church building itself. Yeah. And and I think, again, it was well worth the uh, the walk up there, mm-hmm. one of the main historic sites in the town of yeah. Watchet.
0: One of the things on the inside that I really was disappointed not to see was they have 13th century floor tiles that I saw a picture of, and they were amazing. Hmm. They were, like, stamped, and they're very colorful, and they believe that it was brought over from the Cleve Abbey.
1: Okay, which is nearby. Which is nearby. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not nearby enough to walk to. No, but no. generally nearby. I guess one of the ways you could get there is with our number seven on the list, mm-hmm. and that is the West Somerset Railway. So this is um, there's 20 miles of heritage railway that runs through the Somerset countryside. Um, one of the stops on this railway line is the town of Watchet. Uh, As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, one end starts at Bishop's Littered. You can hop on the train there. It'll take you through, watch it. It actually then will end at the town of Minehead. And we actually had a chance to ride on this train. I thought it was a pretty neat experience. If you're looking for... A nostalgic ride back in time through some lovely English countryside, mm-hmm. or if you're fascinated by railway history, then the West Somerset Railway, I think is, a, I would put it a, as a must do. It, it, it's really neat. Yeah. Today, that railway carries over 200,000 passengers a year, and it's one of the largest attractions in Southwest England. They do offer something called the Rover Ticket. So the Rover Ticket, there's a day pass that basically serves as a hop on, hop off, for this particular train, so on the route of the west somerset railway there's i don 't know a dozen or so stops, i think from Bishop's Lidyard mm-hmm. all the way to minehead, so mm-hmm. opportunities to if you want to take advantage of the the rover ticket and and hop off, you could do some exploration of and every every town it stops into is is a very small town I, right, mean, that right, I think is what we right. saw when we were on there, so real need. Old kind of steam train experience and again runs through watch it we would recommend if you're in this general somerset area well worth spending some time on this historic railway absolutely absolutely yeah
0: number eight on our list is a place that um if we had more time i think we would have explored a little bit more Mm -hmm. we did see it from a distance Mm -hmm. at the harbor
1: yeah and it's in our photos it's in our photos, <laughs> so we kind of yeah. yeah spent time with it,
0: and that would be the lighthouse
1: the watch it harbor lighthouse, yeah, so that's a uh, marine navigational aid in the area that marks the entrance to the marina from the photos that I was looking at last night, kind of leading up to this episode. It looks fairly small when you mm-hmm. think about lighthouses in general, mm-hmm. you know it's within walking distance of the esplanade area, so I think as you go toward the esplanade you kind of make a left from where the bus and the the train lead you off to get to the lighthouse you're just basically going to go in the other direction on the the coast
0: yeah and it's also cast iron which would make it extremely heavy
1: yeah built in 1862 and probably a great photo opportunity too
0: Mm -hmm. number nine would be another place that if we could have stopped at we would have
1: yeah i was disappointed we we couldn't get in actually we we would have, we actually had time to yeah. get in there. But the thing about number nine, so this is the radio museum. It's only open three days per week. And it turned out that the day that we were in watch it, it was one of the days that it was closed. But this is a museum that has the, um, the person who owns the property has a collection of radio, television and broadcasting equipment, documentation and, re- and recordings with history of the Washford transmitting station. Um, It sounds like right now they've got a third of what the person owns on display with the remaining artifacts planned to be on exhibit by Easter of 2020. Mm
0: -hmm. And they had window displays. So that's mm -hmm. how we kind of caught our eye.
1: Yeah. So they've got about 40 radios, televisions, gramophones, record players, things of that, like even even items from from the BBC and the military. So if you're into radio history, kind of communication communications history, that would be a neat thing to see. But you have to find out in advance what day it's open. What day open. And at the time of this podcast, the other good news is when you can get into this place, admission is also free. So that's you know a theme in the town of watching. Yeah. The things that are available to see. Um, you just have to basically get yourself there and then you mm-hmm. can get into museums, mm-hmm. you know, see the sites. Without... And keep
0: yourself informed as to times and dates mm-hmm. and things like that. So before you go, if you have the ability to get on um, the internet and check those things out, that yeah. would be perfect for you. Number 10, the railway station and museum, mm-hmm. which was right there when we got off the bus. Yeah, so
1: number 10, we didn't do, so we put this under the category of if we had more time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But apparently there's a small museum in this railway station, which has exhibits mainly of the Great Western Railway, once known affectionately in the West Country as God's Wonderful Railway.
0: And why would that be? <laughs> they just took the acronym and changed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so inside this museum, you would find artifacts of the railway history. So again um probably a, a connection to if you do the West Somerset Railway you're going to get it from this the station and that's going to take you to the museum so that kind of rounds up our top 10 things mm-hmm. to do and watch it and it's probably the th- 10 things
0: yeah to that, do
1: yeah so it's again very small town not a lot there you can easily soak up what the town has to offer easily in an afternoon like like we did
0: Some fun facts about Watch It is they have some local traditions, and that includes what they call the Lantern Night. It is held on uh, the 16th of September and involves children in the town with candle lanterns made from hollowed-out root vegetables such as mangrel wurzel and swede. I don't
1: know what those are, I don't either. (laughs) They don't sell those at the local Trader Joe's.
0: No, well, maybe they do. We just don't know what what they are exactly. Um, it's the last remaining reminder of uh, the Watch It Fair, which was also known as the Saint Dukaman Fair.
1: Mm-hmm. Another tradition in the area is what what is called Queen Catherine's Day, which is held on the last Saturday of November. So Watch it is actually we and we kind of talked about this earlier to a point that it is famous or. Watch it was famous for its blue dye, and Queen Catherine was so impressed that she bestowed the townsfolk with cider and cakes as a reward for this. And this tradition is carried on to the present day with costumes and celebrations.
0: I have another fun fact for you. Yeah, what do you yes. got? Yes. This one has to is in relation to St. Dugaman's Church and the Wyndham family. Okay. So, Sir John Wyndham married this woman, uh, Florence. Wadham in 1558. And the following year, she got pregnant. And before she was due to give birth, she was struck down by an unknown illness and she was pronounced dead. Oh my. So, Sir John, he was just overcome with grief. It was his, you know, his brand new wife. And she was buried in the family crypt beneath St. Ducaman's Church. And then the family returned home from the funeral and they heard this knock on the door. The servants opened the door and they found Lady Florence standing at the door in her grave clothes. They panicked. They wouldn't even let her in. They thought she must have been a ghost or a witch or something. And Sir John just fainted because he didn't—he was just overcome by this whole thing. So they didn't open the door and she sat at the front door all night long where she gave birth to their son, John Wyndham II. What? <laughs> yes, I am not kidding.
1: That's the story, And huh?
0: John Wyndham II was the Wyndham family's um, descendant. So anybody from that family came from John Wyndham II, who was buried in the family crypt at one point. That's, so, I'm telling the truth here.
1: Un- <laughs> So apparently there's lots of stories, legends, and myths in the town of Watched. You're going to have to parse out which ones are which.
0: Well, there's an explanation.
1: Okay. What is that? So the
0: explanation is after they pieced it together, Florence, when she was unconscious, quote unquote, had been buried with very expensive rings on her fingers. So there was a thief who decided to steal the rings. So right after the funeral, He went in to the crypt and pried open the coffin and began to try to cut out the rings off of her finger. Well, the pain woke up Florence and that freaked out the thief so much that he ran and he was never seen from again. And she managed to get out of the coffin and walk home.
1: She might have cured him of his thievery (laughs) from that experience, huh?
0: Yeah. isn't that a great story?
1: That's a fascinating story, Julie. (laughs) Hey, so on the theme of fun facts, so this isn't as um, made for a TV movie (laughs) as your story, scientists have concluded that rock mudstones in the Gale Crater on the planet Mars are close in composition to the rocks that are found in Watchit Bay in West Somerset. So this particular area is kind of like a... Astronomical cousin of part of the planet Mars, so we're yeah, you're right. and
0: this is also in that fossil beach area
1: yep so that that could be uh kind of neat to take a look yeah. at
0: yeah, and also in the same area uh is oil, so they discovered oil from shale rock, and, and there was a point where um a company called Shalim had uh tried to extract the oil, but for some reason. Um, They didn't have sufficient um, finances to do it, and that endeavor was stopped.
1: Yeah, so apparently there's still oil in those cliffs. They just Mm -hmm. haven't found a way to profitably get it out of there. That's right. So there it stays. Mm -hmm. Food. Is it time for food, Julie?
0: Yeah, and they had a nice little, um, not a lot of restaurants, but they had a nice little restaurant that we ended up going to.
1: Yeah, so we ate at a place called the Seaview Restaurant, and actually it turned out that when we were there— it was a weekday. We were the only ones there. But yeah. we uh, we enjoyed a lunch of, I had a Mediterranean veggie lasagna that mm-hmm. was kind of a home-style offering. And you had...
0: Veggie sausages with chips. And eggs. And eggs. That's mm-hmm.
1: right. Yeah. It was very so, good. Yeah. So one of the things, I guess, I, I was you know, thinking about this a little surprised... Because we ran across this in the town of Watch it, and also there was other places during our U.K. trip. When, when we were close to coastal areas, I would have almost expected more kind of seafood, seafood. restaurants yeah. in the area, and we didn't really see that. In fact, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of restaurants to begin with.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a but, very small town. Yeah. It's very tiny.
1: But we, we enjoyed the food that we had at the mm-hmm. View restaurant. So if you're in the town of Watch It and looking for a bite to eat – um, the Sea View Restaurant is a good go-to place, mm-hmm. and and, so, and it,
0: the cook seemed like he did it from scratch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't. I don't know about the veggie sausages, but it, especially your lasagna, that was from scratch.
1: Yeah. So, as we've mentioned on prior episodes, one of the things that we've been doing since we've come back home is we're slowly recreating meals that we ate during our trip to the uk so within probably maybe even by the time that this episode posts if not shortly thereafter check out the blog as we will have a vegetable lasagna that's going to be prepared kind of in the style of what we enjoyed in the town of watch it so if you're planning a trip to watch it at least you know during the time that we went i wasn't finding places to stay in the town proper i think there are some lodging opportunities that are there but it's kind of going to be dependent on when you're planning to go so you want to check whatever site on the internet you use be it expedia or or something similar for us when we went it turned out that the um kind of the best opportunity for a place to stay was a somewhat nearby town, but still, you know, we had to get there by a bus, was a town called Dunster. Mm -hmm. So Dunster is going to be the theme of our next podcast, and we'll get into the things you can do in Dunster, a very enjoyable town. But again, lodging just like restaurants, you know, kind of few and far between, very small town. So, you know, you're going to have to do your, your own research on that.
0: And it's easy enough along that bus route to get to many of these, these towns. Somebody
1: planning to do some exploration in the southwest of England. If you like to experience places off the beaten path, Watch It definitely serves that up. As we've mentioned, there's several things to do there where you can at least, you know, enjoy a nice day. I would recommend Watch It for people who like maritime history. People who enjoy seaside towns. If you're into fossils or rocks, or rocks, you're going to find that on the coast over here. So it's um, you know, for us a very enjoyable day. I think even if we didn't have the ancestral connection, it would have been a, a pretty neat trip oh, for yeah. us. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: A couple of tips. I think that we also would would mention that if you are planning to visit, watch it. Do contact the places that you're planning to visit in advance just to make sure they're going to be open. And the two, again, that kind of come to mind for us, St. Decker Church. If you want to get inside, contact somebody there in advance. Same thing with the radio museum. You'll want to find out if you do want to visit that, that it'll be open on the day of the week that you plan your visit to watch it. Right. And then the last. Get
0: very familiar with the bus routes. mm -hmm. Where they stop. We found that the times written on the bus stops were usually wrong, but close. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could still time it well enough to where you could get on a bus. And they come pretty regular. Yeah, at least
1: in the town of Watch It, you know, fairly regular bus service. And you've got, again, you know, you've got the bus option and you have a train option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up our experience of Watch It you know, a neat part of our trip and our first stop in the country of England, you know, is what this turned out to be for us.
0: Great stop for me Mm -hmm. to be able to be in an area where I know my ancestors were, but not only that they had, you know, I can trace them all the way back to the 13th century. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty, pretty cool to be able to do that. Very cool.
1: Hey, a couple of housekeeping items here. So if you haven't been to our blog recently, I'd recommend that you check it out from time to time. Since our last podcast, we have a few more recipes that have been posted on there, a few more stories of some recent trips that we've taken And in the coming days, probably from the time that we're recording this, we're going to have an itinerary up for the town of Watch It. So I think it'll be a a one-page reference sheet that if you're planning to go to Watch It, you can just grab this PDF and it'll kind of walk you through many of the things that we talked about you know the top things to do when you're there lastly if you are listening to the podcast and if you enjoy it we'd ask you leave a rating on the podcast service that you listen to this from leave a comment that would be great and if you know anybody else who enjoys travel and likes to suck up travel information tell a friend about the places where we go podcast
0: and we hope to see you soon in the places where we go If you have any comments or info to share with us about travel, you can write us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow
1: us on social media. Right now we're on Twitter and Instagram, both at theplaceswherewego.
0: Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go.
1: See you next time.
0: Bye now.